Hi, I'm Elizabeth of Intercom, and you're listening to Intercom on Product Management. Episode 6, How to Fight Physics Envy. In this episode, we're going to talk about physics envy. It's a term that describes how designers, developers, and product managers sometimes enforce laws on a system that simply doesn't obey them. We'd all love it if the ROI for a project was always perfectly proportional to the time we spent on it. It would make product planning really easy. The problem is, you can spend five weeks working on a killer feature only to see it go completely ignored by your users. On the other hand, you can add one sound effect or have your cute logo say, hi, or make your favicon blink, and all of a sudden, everyone is talking about you. It's not rational, but what is? Instead of just being envious of things that work irrationally, let's see how we can use this to our benefit. When you're planning your next few months' work, plot your features on a four-quadrant chart. The x-axis represents how much a feature is valued by your users, from low to high. The y-axis represents the required development effort ascending from low to high. Anything in the lower right corner is special. These are features where the return vastly outweighs the effort. Some examples I've seen are rewriting app copy to make it more personal, funny, precise, or useful, adding a couple of keyboard shortcuts on your main screen to let power users be more productive, remembering a user's last active project and bringing them back there when they next log in, and providing extra information and links to actions in emails. Customers won't value all the development you put into a project. Some necessary tasks, like backups, refactoring, optimization, and infrastructure, offer little immediate reward. But that doesn't mean you can ignore them. The trick is to plan your roadmap in a way where there's never long, inactive periods where customers feel your app has been abandoned. This is where quick wins are really useful. You can schedule these quick wins to cover time periods where it would otherwise seem like nothing is happening. This way, you're constantly delivering value to your customers while still tackling larger features or backend problems. Remember, the only thing worse than an app in constant flux is one where users can see cobwebs. Now let's talk about how to roll out new features. Rollouts are make or break and they're damn hard to get right, and twice as hard if you're changing your users' workflows. For a lot of business-to-business products, it's someone's job to use your product. There are thousands of people whose entire job is to use Intercom. So when we are considering changing a behavior in Intercom or adding a new one, we don't do it lightly. We follow a series of steps to progressively release it using feature flags. Your mileage may vary, but we've had good success with this five-step approach. Step one, team testing. The first step is to deploy the feature live with real data, but only visible to the team that built it. This is important because it avoids too many people reporting the same issues, but also allows you to release before every single step is perfect. The team knows how far they've gone, so they're the only ones who can tell what's a bug versus what's simply incomplete. Step two, company testing. When a team believes their feature is complete, it's released to the entire company who immediately use it in their workflow. There are no elaborate explanations, tutorials, or excuses. It's simply shipped, just like we'll ship it to customers. This catches any confusions we might have created. If veteran employees don't understand the feature, what chance do customers have? Step three, restricted beta. The first public release goes out to a small single digit percent of users. We maintain a trusted testers group for this purpose. We communicate it as a beta and specifically ask for feedback later once they've used it. That last point is subtle, but it's worth remembering. Feedback on what it's like to use a feature can only come from people who've used it, not people who tested it or played around with it. 
Jake Knapp, a former design partner at Google Ventures, wrote, Reactions are greater than feedback. What he's getting at is when people are trying to be helpful, they'll make up things in an effort to offer you improvements. Speculation like that has no place in product design. You're looking for five things in step three. Discoverability, are people finding the feature? Engagement, are people using the feature? Adoption, is it being used as part of a workflow? Use cases, how is it being used and what use cases are popular? Barriers, who isn't using it and why and what's preventing them? During restricted beta, you can ensure the feature is discoverable, refine your marketing to focus on pitching the value your customers are actually getting, and fix barriers to usage and adoption. Step four, a full rollout. This is when the feature is available to everyone who is eligible for it, and you need to think about how you're going to tell them about it. Typically, not all features are available to all users. There's some basic price discrimination at play. So at minimum, you need to split your messaging into the haves and the have-nots. Those who aren't eligible for the feature should be sold on it as a reason to upgrade. A lot of times this is done with a free trial. Step five, set your message schedule. Once a feature is launched, it's easy to forget about it and move on to the fun of designing the next one. But features without engagement are simply the seeds of bloatware. For any significant feature, you need to have plans for those who use it and those who don't. When people are using it well, you want to gather use cases and marketing collateral from them for future use. Depending on your plans, you may also want feedback. When people aren't using the feature, you want to encourage them, educate them, and engage them. There are only two acceptable outcomes here. They'll start using it, or they'll tell you why they won't. There's no pride in having a big product with lots of features, only in high engagement. The more surface area your product has, the more important it is that you chase engagement and learn from your mistakes. This is especially important when you're young and scrappy. You're capable of shipping a new feature every week, but you should focus that energy on growing usage of your product, not growing your product. This has been Intercom on Product Management. 